and go. Anyway, what I have here, if you guys don't mind, I wish I would have found it on the internet and, and gotten it to where you could read it. I wish I had it on a PowerPoint, but that would take a little more time. But um, you, don't, you don't mind if I read this one, do you? This is done so well. This is out of Calvin and, and dealing with Providence. And it's like, it's at the grandest as far as, as John Calvin is concerned. And um, Here's a quote that I think is really good to, to kick this off. This is a long paragraph, so I'll read it kind of slowly, but just kind of take it in. When, whenever you first hear me talking about it, it sounds real negative, but hang on and we'll explain that. But anyway, it starts off with this. The ignorance of providence is the greatest of all miseries. You guys catch that? The ignorance of providence. Not knowing about providence is the greatest of all miseries. And we'll see why here in a moment. And the knowledge of it is the highest happiness. The knowledge of God's providence is the highest happiness. Okay, now here's this paragraph. Innumerable are the ills which beset human life. They're innumerable. All the different things that come against us. And not to go beyond ourselves, since the body is a receptacle, nay, the nurse of a thousand diseases, a man cannot move without carrying along with him many forms of destruction. His life is in a manner interwoven with death. For what else can be said where heat and cold bring equal danger? Then in what direction soever you turn, all surrounding objects not only may do harm, but almost openly threaten and seem to present immediate death. Go on board a ship. You are but a plank's breadth from death. Not a horse. The stumbling of a foot endangers your life. Walk along the streets. Every tile upon the roofs is a source of danger. If a sharp instrument is in your own hand, or that of a friend, the possible harm is manifest. All the savage beasts you see are so many beings armed for your destruction. Even within a high-walled garden where everything ministers to delight, a serpent will sometimes lurk. Your house, constantly exposed to fire, threatens you with poverty by day, with destruction by night. Your fields subject to hail, mildew, drought, and other injuries denounce barrenness and thereby famine. I say nothing of poison, treachery, robbery, some of which beset us at home, others follow us abroad. Amid these perils must not man be very miserable as one who more than dead than alive with difficulty draws an anxious and feeble breath. Just as if a drawn sword were constantly suspended over his neck. This is very vivid. It's kind of like Jonathan Edwards, sinners in the hands of an angry God. I keep going. A few more sentences. It may be said that these things happen seldom, at least not always, or to all, certainly never all at once. I admit it, but since we are reminded by the example of others that they may also happen to us and that our life is not an exception any more than theirs, it is impossible not to fear and dread as if they were to befall us. What can you imagine more grievous than such trepidation? 
And that there is something like an insult to God when it is said that man, the noblest of the creatures, stands exposed to every blind and random stroke of fortune. Here, however, we may only be referring to the misery which man should feel were he placed under the dominion of chance. Let's go for the lottery. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's random. If you don't believe in God, everything is random. It's not designed by anybody because there's no designer. There's nobody over this, seeing any of it. It's just random things that happen. That would be... Uh, that would beset our human lives. That's why they run after the lottery. Just by chance. No such thing as fortune. No such thing as chance. So, now the positive aspect. Those were really negative, but every one of us can identify with those. Even when something isn't happening, we know that something can. Sometimes we're just waiting for the other foot to fall. <laughs> to hit. We know that when things are going good, they could very well be going bad. That's why we wring our hands all the time. It's like, what's it going to happen? What's it going to get? And so he went on to say, and I won't keep reading, but once the, the light of divine providence illumines the human soul, one becomes a believer in Christ, he is set free from that kind of thinking that we just read, uh, and knowing that God has a perfect care for us, and we embrace all things that are under His power. He governs everything. That's what we talked about last week. We looked at one Scripture after another after another, how He governs, how He brings on bad weather, you know, the, the worst of the worst things that can happen. He, he causes things to happen. Tornadoes and hurricanes. Of course, that sounds real negative, but we know in a, in a providential way that God is really actually working these things for good. And for really, ultimately, for His church. And we know that He's entrusted us to the care of His angels. We looked up those passages. We talked about angels last week. And what He does with them. Turn to Psalm 91, verse 2-6. through 6. I mean, he is absolutely, totally ruling and reigning and governing, isn't he? He really is. There's not a thing that happens that surprises God. Not only that, that he's not a part of. 91, 2 through 6. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom I trust. For it is He who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His pinions and under His wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that by that lays waste at noon. That is the way 
things are thought of in the way of a natural man. But when we have this God who is our refuge, who is our fortress, we are always under His wings. We may forget that from time to time, but the fact of the matter is we know it. And we know that we're under His protected care. Isn't that a, gives a, given us a, a confidence? Well, don't you confidence the, of the our saints? enemies constantly trying to prove to us that, that we're not? I mean, because that's where the, the conversation's always gone. Well, well, see that? See what happened to you? Well, that's always undertone. Is to try to tell you oh, the enemy loves yet. to uh, give it's you just, the other side, give you the other story. Just kind of rub that on you. Let's look. You guys ready to go for some more scripture again? Just, just to back this up. These are scriptures that we've heard. We know what we believe. Sometimes we really forget, and there, are, every one of us has gone through really some tough trials in the last year. Some tougher than others, and it's the trial of your lives, even. You know, I mean, things that, you know, it's like the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. And if it hasn't happened the last couple of years, it has happened somewhere along the line. Or if it hasn't happened at all, it will happen, right? I mean, that's just reality. But in, in uh, Psalm 118, verse 6, it's really good to have these to draw upon whenever we're struggling. Because it sets our minds right. 118 verse 6. This is about thanksgiving. This whole psalm is. It's about His goodness. Verse 6 says, The Lord is for me. You guys like that? For me. He's for me. For me. Man, that means a lot, doesn't He? I will not fear. What can man do to me? Kill your body, I guess. It's the worst. Biggest thing. But uh, whose soul is it? It belongs to Him. The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Even the, the people that would have the most power to be able to help you. Isn't that nice though? Isn't that great to be able to identify it? Wait, would you have agreed with this before we read it? Of course. And you know what? But it sure helps, doesn't it? Psalm 27, verse 3. This helps reality. Living out the faith, doesn't it? 27, 3. Though a host encamp against me. Remember a while ago we read the Lord is for me? The other word is against me. A whole host. My heart will not fear. The war rise against me. In spite of this, I shall be confident. Where are you? Psalm 27, verse 3. Sorry there. What's that? The confident part, I don't know. I, I... In spite, you know, the, the war that's rising, I'm confident in, in the Lord. Though the enemies come up against me, regardless of what that is, whether it's Satan, whether it's your flesh, whether it's the world, maybe it's your neighbor or whoever, you know, coming up against you, my heart's not going to fear. Though even war come up against me, even in spite of all this, I'm going to be confident. 
think of Romans 8 and the confidence that we have. We are more than victorious, aren't we? More than conquerors. So there it's talking about you know going up you know against against the enemies. Um, Psalm twenty three verse four. Uh, Psalm twenty three. Everybody familiar with Psalm twenty three? Even though I walk through the what the valley of the shadow of death, what happens after that? I fear no evil, for you are with me. He is for me. He is with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That rod, it's just like, you, you take that rod and that ram that kind of goes off the path, boom, he just takes that right, or the staff, you know, brings it right back. You know, um, knowing that he is always there and he is our shepherd. Shepherd's always with his sheep. For if he leaves them, what will happen the to wolves, one of those sheep? The wolves are coming in and trap Exactly. Try to destroy us. We don't got no defenses. We just do <laughs> So. Yeah, and then, now they're everywhere. And now the shepherd's got to gather them all up in different areas, right? Go to Psalm 56, verse 4. Six, verse four. You know, um, do you guys remember? Uh, Debbie does, Carolyn does, Penny does. Lance Davies. Remember when we started our Bible study at the house? Lance played bass and everything. Well, there was whenever he went to get a job. One time, Lance would, you know, he'd just tell you, you know, he'd just, you know, how he's doing his walk with the Lord, whether it be, you know, really tough or, uh, but, you know, it's just, it just the way it was. And there were times whenever, um, you know, it's like all of us, we, we, we get nervous or we get um, anxious. anxious. And before he walked into that interview that he, really wanted this job and yet he was scared you know that he may not get it and all of that and at the same time he wrote a song and it was I think it was based right out of this Psalm 56 if I remember correctly and because I, I remember this little verse here in God whose word I praise in God I have put my trust I shall not be afraid what can mere man do to me I shall not be afraid uh, in God who have put my trust that was kind of the, the going theme in that in that song and so we sang it in our Bible studies. I don't remember how it goes. <laughs> but do you, do you kind of remember that? Book, yeah. In God, let's see. I was trying to think of that last night too. And I couldn't get it. But anyway. Lance Davies' dad turned 80. Do you know, when we started the Bible study, he was in his 40s. His dad was in his 40s. It's a lot younger than I am now. <laughs> wow. I was just barely in my 30s. Anyway, yeah, it was a long time ago. How'd you know he was 80? I keep up with Lance on Facebook. But that's his dad. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he just posted pictures with him and his sister oh. and stuff because they were celebrating his 80th birthday. <laughs> I've seen, I see, I see Cindy every once in a while. Cindy is the, uh, well, she's a director down at uh, Southeast. She's in the Department of Natural Resources, and they have regional offices, there's five of them. And she's the director of that office. Yeah. Huh? She's still there in Springfield. But yeah. She's Ozark. Mm-hmm. She's the director of the division. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Vindicate me, justify me. You know, I, I've stayed uh, in in integrity. In I trusted. 26. That was Psalm twenty-six, verse one. Well, that's why I didn't. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. There is twenty-seven also. Twenty-seven one. Do you notice that I have trusted in the Lord without wavering? That's a pretty strong trust, isn't it? 27.1, that's easy, right? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? He's just full of confidence there too. Boy, isn't he? Without a doubt. A total fearless trust. That's the kind of trust that I think that we all want. You know, we sometimes we really feel that. Then there's other times when we just we know we're trusting in God, but we it's not a real confident trust. You know, even and that it's usually at, at the times of trials whenever our faith is really tested, isn't it? Our trust is really tested when those times come. It's easy to believe in God when everything's going our way and things are going good, which is much of the time. But to trust in God when the things or the chips are down, do boy, think, is it tough. Do you think that might be why those trials kind of get there sometimes? Just to help us that's, to... Uh, according to Scripture, that's kind why. Kind of reconsider how things should be working. Maybe there's a relationship, a little drama. Absolutely. Well, of course, the, go through the New Testament and James or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those things are given. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, Job in the beginning when his wife was like, all this has happened to you, just curse God. And, curse God and die. And just abandon just him. And he's like, shall I praise God when good things are coming and not bad also? Exactly. Like, so that's kind of what I think when, when we're talking about these putting your trust in God because I know there's moments that when we receive those trials that it's almost like, like man, you know, I just want to turn my back. But then it's like, well, where will I turn my where, back to? Where will we go? Right? Don't it's like right the Apostle Paul when Jesus was like, do you all want to leave me too? And he's mm-hmm. like, where will we go? Yeah, that's right. Where will <laughs> we go? You have the bread of life. You that know? was to peep. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it's right. just like... Exactly. So that's what I, that's what I think every time. Mm-hmm. That's, believe me, you know, we... Uh, this is what we really want. A really strong, confident trust. So that's what all this is about. It's to encourage us even more. We need it. We always need it. 31 verse 15. My times are in your hand. They're in your hand. Everything. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies. Of course, David here had literal people enemies. 
we can have a lot of enemies. It could be people, but probably not so much, much people as it is whatever the, the world sends our way or the devil sends our way or the flesh has so much struggles. So those are just a few on uh, from that angle. When, when you're assailed by the, uh, the devil in whatever ways it may be, meditating on this doctrine of providence is the cure-all. You know, the, all the drugs that they advertise on TV all the time, you know, and, you know, it's, it's almost like they, there's, a, there's a cure-all for everything, for everything that is, you know, and then, but then they also tell you the truth on the other side. But it may... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why was they try I to as fast as they can. So right. <laughs> what, what is it? I remember the days when they were not allowed to advertise. That was so nice. But I just can't sleep. They but dominate. I don't want okay. all those other side effects. But this is what we can count on all the time, every time. And you know, in all directions, we're held in the in the hand of God. You know, uh, whatever the enemy does, he can never dream up or conceive of the worst mischief against you, or the plan whatever he wants to do. He can't raise a single finger against you to perpetrate against you unless God permits him to do. And we, we explain what permits is. Permits, uh, at Calvin says it's okay to use that word if we're talking about in a strong way. In a way that it's not saying, well, okay, you know, like giving in like parents do children, you know. And the parents, keep, or the children keep coming after them, you know, so they go ahead and let them do it, you know. But it's not, it's not really willing. Well, God's permitting is very willing, a very strong willing. Matter of fact, it can be to where, you know, He's actually ordaining it. So that permit, a lot of people say, well, God let it happen. But it's more than just letting it happen. We see that he he's directing it. He's using uh, secondary causes and, and so many different things involved that we can't even explain all the things that go on. Um, get, so as we talked about natural occurrences, that's what we dealt with last week. It's providence goes more. And we just talked about man, so we're already in, in that issue right there. Uh, but up until this point uh, on this topic, uh, it was about God controlling nature. Uh, everything that people do, God is controlling. Not only their actions, but even their plans and their intentions God is in on. He can read minds. <laughs> he can really uh, just dominate. Uh, this world and the people that live in it. I'm glad he does. And of course, we know about that uh, song that uh, you know how tiny the the little bitty baby. Uh, you know, he's got the whole world in his hands, right? He's got the little bitty baby in his hands. That little song. But he also has the believer in his hands, and he has the unbeliever, the sinning man in his hands. He's in control. He has the sinning world in his hands. Those wicked nations. Those wicked political leaders. He has them in his hands. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. We'll go into some more Scripture. We just go all over 
the Bible when we uh, do a topic, I know. But hopefully these things are fitting in with what we're talking about. It says, Casting all your anxiety or care on Him because He cares for you. Casting all your anxiety. Give it to Him. Your worries, your fears, because He cares for you. That sounds like the Psalms, doesn't it? Same kind of thing there. Go to Zechariah. Now we're going to skip back to the Old Testament. Zechariah is getting near the end of the Old Testament. Chapter 2, verse 8. Zechariah 2, 8. Making us work. Hope the arthritis doesn't get to you tonight. <laughs> I'm in the wrong Bible. That's not how <laughs> Can, can you read? Can you read those little words? I can read the little words. I'm I just impressed. Can't find the little book. Wow. <laughs> the book from the Once you get there, you don't have any trouble reading. That is some small print. You've got some good eyes and glasses there. <laughs> the, that have bigger books. But those are little books. Okay, was it Zechariah two eight? Says, uh, for thus says the Lord of hosts. I like that. For thus saith the Lord. After glory he has sent me against the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. You guys know the meaning of that, don't you? The, the, the apple of the eye is considered to be the most tenderest part. And we are the apple God's eye. You know, uh, you know, and you think of that, that he, you know, if anybody touches you, or he touches you, touches the apple of his eye, they're going to be in trouble, aren't they? <laughs> they're tell that to the next time. You know, I'm the apple of God's eye. That's right. My dad's going to take you down. <laughs> if, if anybody, uh, if one harms God's people, it's like striking the very pupil of God's eye. They don't know who they're messing with when they when we're being messed with by the enemy. Absolutely. And he will. That's back to that confidence we talked about long ago. The confidence is that none of this passes by God's knowledge of what's going on and that's why you let him be a just God and he Plays it out the way he wants. Yeah, it's to not go. like oh, I wish he, I wish he knew about this. Right? How can he? You know, has he really? He doesn't really care that uh, those little things about me, does he? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows when. Well, and that's one of them went last week uh, in in Matthew. Yeah. Was, Very much of Matthew ten. I was reading a Psalms. I'm not sure which one it is, but he says that all he knows all the birds. In the, what is it, in the nest, and he knows all the thousands of beasts of the field, and he knows it all. He knows every, every bit of it. Knows them. It's all his. It all belongs to him. Yeah. That's how I think. You know, we're his. And then we talked about the lack of the hair on the head. He knows each one of those. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That he would care for a little sparrow, mm-hmm. and he cares much more mm-hmm. for us. This God is in on more things than we can imagine. He's in on everything. 
Uh, Genesis 15.1. Now, this is dealing with Abraham and covenant. That should be on the same place, right? No, sometimes I can't even find that. The introduction is too long. I'm like, really? Yeah, see, these have no introduction. <laughs> just be like second page. God makes a, a covenant with Abram in Genesis 12. He also makes a covenant with um, Abraham here in Genesis 15. Later on, I think you have in uh, chapter 17 and chapter 22, you have the circumcision thing in 17. Anyway, in 15, he says, uh, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. He is the shield. Your reward shall be very great. Indeed it was. Indeed it's going to be more than ever. Okay, uh, Isaiah 49.25 Surely thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty man will be taken away and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued for I will contend with the one who contends with you, and I will save your sons. That's Isaiah 49.25. Did are none of those verses are in the section where we're at? Is it? I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Those always help, don't they? <laughs> Give us a little idea where you might be going. Because we heard yeah. You yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. Whenever I took this down and I was kind of outlining and I was going through the book there, and a lot of times they don't give the scriptures there. They have them there, but they don't give the, the annotations, or, or, or the, the verse, uh, chapter and verse. And so... I wind up putting those in later, I think, at this time. I didn't get it in the outline. But you always make like the outline and then just every verse you plan on going through. Try to fill the side. Right. This time I kind of... Uh, Gets lengthier. <sighs> I was going to cover this in one week. <laughs> I don't know, Barb. Uh, You're slipping. He always, he, always, he's always, he always thinks he's going to get a lot more done than what he does. But yeah. Should have known better. A man with goals, but. <laughs> and I have the I had the Matthew 10 verse 30 and 31, but um, Avell already mentioned that. It's talking about the sparrows, talking about the hairs on our head. That's Matthew 10 30 and 31. In case you ever need that, don't be anxious. That's in that kind of thought. Don't. And what does that mean? Don't. Yeah. Jeremiah ten twenty three. Ten twenty three. I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct. His steps. That's Jeremiah. Jeremiah 10.23. A man's way is not... You know what? I never had would have ever planned it to get from point A to wherever I'm at now in life to point X. 
right? I, w- I didn't know I would even be sitting here or even living in Jeff City or doing what I do. Uh, and I don't think any one of you did either. There might be some things, well, I'd like to change that and go back, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, you think about it. Did, I did have what, a plan. Yeah, you had a I plan. I did have a plan. It was not It this. didn't turn out to be that way. <laughs> even though he is the outline of that, and he said, uh, he just kind of tweaked it, didn't he? It would have been nice if it would have wouldn't have been quite as circuitous. Yeah. <laughs> it would have just been... You mean it wasn't a straight line? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what people no come way. to us and say, well, should I go to seminary? No, who knows? You, know, you just got to go. You can kind of think you're heading that way or think you're going to get there. And even after that, you know, you can do all that and actually not be in ministry at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you do might all have that. A as, as I say. But it's all... But, it's, but if he let you go and let you do it, he lets you do that, and there's a person, you know, he's doing something with all that, but sometimes you don't really, you don't see the fruit. And then of you what think you about got. it, and you go, Boy, I am glad that he did it, and I didn't, mm-hmm. because I would have blown it every which way. But boats. sometimes we stand there and we go, like, What's this? What's that about? <laughs> what was that about? You just kind of go, Oh, okay. and sometimes we do blow it. Yeah. Oh, because even I more. Did blow it. But <laughs> in retrospect, I could see what God had planned for. The reason for me blowing it. And, to show you and he got you there. And he used yeah, that. Yeah. And matter of fact, he said, well, great. This, And he wasn't surprised by it. Are you done but, now? Can I tell you something? Yeah, yeah. 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 like, Maybe not. <laughs> that is what is the most fascinating thing about the providence of God. It is so overwhelming that we can't even begin to... We can we can go back and look at our lives and see a little thing here and a little thing there, but do we catch all... No, we don't even get close to what He was doing and bringing us to this. And then affect, and we talked about last week, affecting how many other people that are involved in that whole hey, same thing. You can people 30-some 30, 30 years mm-hmm. later that you sit there and you go, that something happened or went along. There's like... Well, how come I didn't ever know you knew that, that I knew? Or you find people that you both knew, and you're like, how can you spend your whole life knowing somebody who didn't know that they knew somebody else that you know? Yeah. And stuff like that. Just, and you just kind of go, huh? But I guess, you know. Because, you know, if people who knew me 30, 35 years ago when I was a nurse saw me today, they wouldn't believe, number one, that I was a Christian, or that I became a Christian, or that I even had it in me. I wouldn't believe it, you know? How many here would probably Duh. say the same all, thing? We're all in the same. Yeah. Yeah. We were left to our own devices for a while out there. Yeah. <laughs> got ourselves yeah. in all kinds of interesting. So he was. He definitely is in salvation. All those other things, he is right in the middle of too. Mm-hmm. And his providence works it out no matter how much we kick and scream. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much we like it or not. He's going to do it. I have a plan. For and it's going to work for good. Just to think about it. If you think about it like that, you won't kick and scream so much. That should help, shouldn't it? This should help. I think I think when you start doing it, he kind of looks back and goes, you want to go down that road again? Yeah. Well, it's like I thought, I think I'll just be quiet. It's like as I get closer to retirement from the state now, people ask me what my plans are, and I tell them, I say, but those are my plans. I don't know what God has planned for me. And you know what? Those plans that we have are good. We should be 
uh, you know, at least using wisdom and planning right. ahead, and you know, because he's given us the brain to do that. Well, he's supposed to be a steward about things and stuff like right. that. So you do and plan, giving you the desires. Exactly, right. and where and those things are the ones that come directly from him anyway, and he knows how he wired us, mm-hmm. so he knows what our desires are. As long as our desires are in the will of God, do whatever you want, and he may take you right down that lane. And then again, he just may steer that direction somewhere. But that's okay. When you plan something and it all works out and you realize you were in God's plan. You did it right. Isn't that great? Thank you, Lord. You said, wow, that was him doing it. I usually plan this over here and he... And, And of course, see... We're all trained in God's Word, and this is really nothing new. But it kind of it, it just kind of builds it up one more, but as little get, bit more of a punch, doesn't but it? But as we get older, we start thinking he's done, and he ain't. He can't be because it gets harder. <laughs> yeah, and because it becomes that and much it more gets of a all, struggle. You know, without talking about it, without without really focusing on it like this, it kind of gets, you know back there in the back burner somewhere and yeah you know but yeah you know it's no big deal it's just it's exciting to talk about it and 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 to start remembering the things he's done and and realize that things he's doing now it's exciting Uh, and it's now moved to the front burner which i think it's the i think it's the number one doctrine there is because it takes in everything of who God is. It takes in election, you know. takes in the depravity of man. and You start taking all the doctrines and they fit right in here. It's God is Lord. God is God. A lot of times I find myself singing that Providence. Who, who did that? Remember that song, Providence? I can't remember right now. Oh, I can hear it in my head. <laughs> We can't hear it in your head. Oh, yeah. That's an awesome song. Well, we're going to have to dig that song up and let it be the theme song next it was week. One of the first ones that I ever heard. First, huh. one of the first Christian songs I ever heard. I'm thinking it was the same. It was a. The, there were only a couple bands back then. Jeez. Back then. It wasn't Petra, was it? Petra. Oh, they did probably. Yes, oh. didn't they? I don't know. Just Wasn't it on. them? It might I mean, who else was around? Uh, DeGarmo and Key? <laughs> it might have been DeGarmo and Key. Avell sent DeGarmo and Key. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Petra. There were only who's, a couple of bands back then. I never, never could find a Christian station to listen to them. You know, you had to go to the store and buy the... Ooh, never mind the... Cassette tape. <laughs> yeah, he goes, what? Cassette tape. That was the modern thing. What's that? Yes, Christians didn't get the A-Track thing down. No, we didn't, we didn't have Christian music when they had A-Tracks. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Yeah, this is released 1988. The artist, Sonic Youth. Who? Sonic Youth. Providence? No. It's probably even before that, then, wasn't it? I don't think that's that's the same one. In the archives of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
it was released in the 80s, right? It, it played in the 80s. Because this says 1988. Well, we'll have to, oh, we'll have to come up with Oh, this is genre, alternative indie. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> well, so. See, they even know about the providence of God. <laughs> Chance and fortune are pagan terms. They have nothing to do with Christians' beliefs and their doctrine. Uh, so you, all these things that have happened to us, it's either like, it was just by chance that this happened and that happened, and you start going through your life, you know. As a Christian, say there's no way that could be chance. It's, you know, if everything, somebody could say, well, if everything is fixed and determined, God knows, God plans, He governs everything, isn't that fatalistic? And then we start thinking about it and we looked at those passages and everything that we read and we realize we're under His protection and He cares for us in such a way that uh, no, it's not fatalistic. It's Him doing with His creation and the, 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 the very crest of His creation, mankind, and His perfect care for His church even. It's a biblical concept, isn't it? The Stoic doctrine uh, was talking about the necessity of, of uh, nature being, uh, in the sense, um, things just happening the way that they can happen. Whatever series of causes and effects, it just happens. And But this is a doctrine of a holy, loving, just God and His personal governance of this universe that we're in. But that's all. But then they said there's a yeah, there's a natural effect of winter, summer, fall, you know, the seasons and stuff like that that he sets in motion, kind of like. But then you always got to go, but God, <laughs> you know, it's like there's always that. That's you're talking about the laws. Right. He mm-hmm. set forth the laws, right. and that has to happen. But then he intervenes in the law to... and can change right. things or stop That's things or start things. Say, but God, like all of a sudden he did a little change of that natural switch of things. Mm-hmm. Just when you think you know what's coming, mm-hmm. you don't, do you? <laughs> I'm a child. Um, <laughs> So we got up through fate and providence. The the second one, and we'll probably just continue on with this next week, but it's a, application of providence. Do you see number two there? Did I have that on there on your outline? Is that where we okay. are? Because I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a plan. We finally made it through number one. <laughs> if I would have done man and then done all these passages and everything we talked about, that would have been a whole page. Like I said, it was designed for one week. And I was thinking, it'll probably be two weeks. Yeah, you know what we were all thinking? We were all thinking you were going to try to get through this. Well, good luck. At least you don't have to print any more outlines for two months. I might start breaking them down and start showing some scripture. You guys would probably appreciate that, wouldn't you? That's the idea of the outline, isn't it? The general outline, now fill it in. The ink pen writes you can all those scriptures write it down. down. You, you wrote those down, right? It reminds me of those Bible relays where you give a verse and you have to hurry and get to it. Find the verse. Where Right It should be number two. We got one We got man, and we also got uh, uh, what? Did, did I have fate? Not fate. 
Providence. That's the uh, those two are opposite, and, and of course we dealt with natural occurrences, nature and such, within man, and then mm-hmm. fate. And there's no use to really go on with that much. But and just to finish this off, then, and then this gets us started on number two, just to say that we got into point two. But um, okay, how does God's providence work? In the sense, okay, does he just do it directly? No, he does sometimes. sometimes. (laughs) But most of the time, he uses what's what's called intermediary. Uh, It would be secondary causes Mm -hmm. that he uses to bring forth his plan. Um, So, directly would be like a miracle. What's that? Directly, yeah, right. Yeah. Directly, yeah. boom. He intervenes right in there. Everybody knows he came right. in. It would right. be like something yeah. totally out right. of the ordinary, the miracle. Supernatural. Supernatural. Some of you here have gone to the hospital. Some of you have gone hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> right. Not mentioning anybody. Um, I wouldn't say. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. When you worked there, you had... Uh-huh. Well. There we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they... People here have taken all kinds of medicines, all all kinds of surgeries, and of course, we even know that people take radiation and such, you know, and it keeps people alive up, up to that point even, you know. God has kept people alive through many different ways. And and, uh, and the idea I got from here was from a, a seminary professor that was at Covenant Seminary. I remember going down there a few times and uh, he had cancer of the throat. And... Um, I'm not so sure, but I think he smoked. But he might not have. I don't know. Why do I even say that? But anyway, he had a hard time, you know, talking. It was really gravelly and, and such when he was doing it. He's not teaching there anymore. But he said all of those things kept him alive up to that point. He said those were intermediary that God used. He used doctors. He used medicine. Um, you know, and and it all kept him alive till the time that God says, "Okay, now come on home." Right? He had radiation and all of the everything that uh, went through that. So th- those were secondary causes. Uh, God can heal directly, and sometimes He uses both. But take the instance of the raising of Lazarus. That's a direct. That's a miracle. Boom, the guy was dead three days. Boom, comes back to life. He proves it and waits three days before he brings him. But there were intermediary uh, ways. I guess you could say uh, intermediary way would be the fact that uh, whatever produced this man to die, Lazarus, uh, in the death, when he is dead, then Christ came along, raised him out of that. And so there is a miracle along with secondary, whatever, whatever killed Lazarus, scientific facts that were operative in his death, you know, that would be a natural thing that just, you know, happened. He had two expiration dates in the Bible. <laughs> right, right, right. That's pretty Oops. good. <laughs> yeah, there was a... But it is always God who works, even though he uses secondary causes. It's still God who works. And I'll leave on this note right here. The light existed before the sun was created, right? Yes. Okay. And whenever Calvin used that point, he was saying the sun is merely the instrument that God uses 
because He so wills. He didn't have to have that sun as we have our light, but it's you know that light is actually still coming from God. I mean, without God, you're not gonna you're not gonna have the sun or any light. Everything comes from Him. Everything comes from Him. And he used this uh, thought: It's not the bread that nourishes, but God's secret blessing. Yes, we have the bread, we have the food. It does nourish, like a secondary cause. We eat the food, we're nourished, we're fed, we're strengthened, but we don't stop with that, do we? Because we know in God's secret blessing, it's not just those elements that are in the food, but it's God behind it that makes that. Secondary causes are real, but they're not independent. They're always associated with God. He's working in everything. They don't exist apart from the very personal involvement of God. So even when we take that piece of bread, food for our nourishment, knowing that's really coming from Him. We know that. We pray. You know, say a blessing over our food. But isn't that amazing? It's not... Of course, you know, and of course, Jesus even said, it's not by bread alone, but by the very Word of God. Um, you know, we, we, eat, we eat the bread and that nourishes, but God is behind it all. So, uh, we're, we'll stop on this question. What does God's providence do? And it's dealing with His concern for the whole human race. And then we'll uh, ask... Of course, ultimately, it's ruling the church. And then how much can we understand? <laughs> how much can we understand? <laughs> anyway, I'll try to make a little better outline and kind of break it down a little bit more. I think this is one of the best topics that we could actually be dealing with. So that's why I'm getting a, a really enjoyment out of it and uh, some really use out of it. I think you guys are too. And I hear everybody having feedback. Are you guys enjoying this? Yeah. It's a great place to be, isn't it? So we'll just camp out in that for a little while. More than one week. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening, and it certainly wasn't by accident that we're here. Uh, we know we're here to glorify you, and you've used this uh, group here and uh, our studies that we've had to glorify you, but also to edify us which allows us to live the kind of life that you want us to as we learn more and more uh, about you. And that's really what this is all about. And we are simply astounded and amazed as you pull back the curtains a little bit more tonight to let us peer in to this providence of you. In Jesus' name, amen.